On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime, John Hickman. This football season will be different. We know this. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch it. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. We're here to discuss the roller coaster of emotions, the really good, the horrendously bad, and the get rejected for prom because you're just so ugly that we saw from the Houston Texans on Sunday during their game against the Tennessee Titans, where Tennessee won in overtime, 42-36. Deshaun Watson did his best Superman impression in a game where he threw for 335 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. David Johnson, who continues to have his running woes, ran for 57 yards on 19 attempts, along with a rushing touchdown. And Will Fuller led a receiving group that had an impressive day with 123 yards and one touchdown. Tight end Darren Fells, Brandon Cooks, and Rundle Cobb all had one touchdown. The storyline of this game for Houston is the same for every game this season. Unable to stop the run. Houston allowed 263 yards on the ground with 212 coming from Derrick Henry, who had a 94-yard TD run and closed the game with a five-yard touchdown in overtime. Cody, we're going to look at the, first and foremost, the talk of the town. Why go for two when if you kick the field goal, you go up eight and you force uh, the Tennessee Titans to go for two if they scored, which they did, and then forced the overtime. And then, of course, we're going to look at the defensive breakdown and offensive breakdown. But let's go ahead and get started with that decision at the end of regulation to go for two instead of kicking the field goal. Did the decision cost the Texans the game? Yes. Should they have kicked the field goal looking back on it? Yes. But I do agree with Romeo Cannell and the Texans for going for it on that two-point conversion. And I say that because let me take you guys back to something Deshaun Watson said last weekend at winning against the Jacksonville Jaguars. When he was asked about the decision to go for it on fourth down when he connected with Brandon Cooks on that touchdown play, he said that he loved the fact that Romeo Cannell and Tim Kelly took the risk to put the ball in his hand and they trusted him to make the play, to make the right play, to put the Texans in a position to win the game. Watson said he wanted to see more of that, and he knew taking these types of risks would result in both completions and incompletions. Last week, we saw the completion. This week, we saw the incompletion. Now, of course, the decision to not kick the field goal had a little bit more implications this week versus last week, but Romeo Cannell and Tim Kelly did something that we all have been dying to see. I have been saying it. John, you have been saying it. Listeners at home, you've been saying it. We want to see the Texans put the ball in Deshaun Watson's hands and let him lead this team to victory. And that's exactly what they did. Unfortunately, he came up a little bit short in that two-point conversion. Now, in the Texans' defense, Randall Kyle was open, and that was Deshaun Watson's target, and he almost had it. But somebody on the Titans' defensive side, I don't know which player it was, but somebody was able to get their hands on the ball, which resulted in that pass deflection. But Justin Reed said the best at the end of the game. 
Had we converted on that two-point conversion, this would have been a totally different conversation. And I 100% agree with Justin Reed. Instead of talking about the dumb decision the Texans made, we'll all be sitting here talking about how great of a decision Romeo Cannell and Tim Kelly had, had they made that two-point conversion. Ultimately, I agree with it going for two. And I think ultimately, Cornell elected to go for two in order to put the game completely out of reach. And it just backfired. Uh, but I'll live with that decision because I agree with it. The Texas defense allowed, and I can't wait to discuss this defense, but they allow 601 yards of total offense, 31 first downs. And to sum up how bad this team was defensively, when the game went into OT, the Titans got the ball. Sean Watson's reaction tells it all. He, nor Cornell, nor people who watch the game from home, analyze the game, no matter how you want to look at it. Nobody believed that they could have made a stop. And I respect the decision. You know how bad at the time. Well, he knew how bad that team was playing defensively yesterday. Uh, they could not be trusted yesterday. And you're, you're, you're playing an undefeated team at home in your division and your rival. This game was critical. Criticism would have came if he did it or not. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. Until that point, Houston was 4-4 on fourth down conversions. And sometimes, even when it when it's working, it just doesn't fall that way. And I mentioned the 4-4 four four on fourth down conversions because I look at a two-point conversion similar to a fourth down conversion. If you don't get it, then it's it, right? You know, if you don't get on the fourth down, then the team gets the possession. If you do not get that two-point conversion, then you miss out on what you possibly could have gotten, and that's it. You don't get the ball back. And so to that point, they were 4-4 on fourth down. Ultimately, the two-point conversion, going for two points, was the right move. Uh, you're a team that is one and four, started off on four. You got a little bit of your mojo back last week. You got a big win against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who looked terrible yesterday, by the way. And you wanted to create this statement that we are not dead yet. I look at it like this. Sean Payton, after halftime, came out uh, in the Super Bowl and they kicked an onside kick against the Indianapolis Colts, right? Do you remember that? I know you do. You live with those decisions. If it works, you are a genius. If it doesn't, well, you know, you get called all kind of names in the media, in the press, by the fans or whatever. But those are the decisions that comes with football. It was the right decision. I don't want to go back and forth about it too much longer because people are going to have their opinion if you would have kicked the one, you go up eight. But honestly, do you trust? Would you have trusted the output, the product of that defense yesterday to get a stop? Not only a touchdown, but then stopping the two-point conversion. So I think it was the right move. Now, like I said, whether you agree with the decision or not, the main reason for doing that, 601 yards allowed on defense, 31 first downs. We're going to talk about the defense yesterday the product that was on that field and how it's past bad. We're going to talk about the defense on the other side of the break. How often do you use excuses like I had a long day at work or I'm just not feeling it? It isn't easy to talk about erectile dysfunction, but Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. 
Healthcare professionals will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you a real medicine with free two-day shipping. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get $50 off your first month of ED treatment and a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen of Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis, Johnson, Sports Guy Hickman. And, John, before we start talking about the defense, I truly do think the Texans just lost to the better team. And not only did they lose to the better team, they actually lost to the best player on the field. Derrick Henry, I don't care what nobody say, but at this point, Derrick Henry is a top 10 player in this league. As of right now, October 19, 2020, you cannot give me 10 players who are better than Derrick Henry at this moment. And coming into this game, I knew there was nothing Houston can do to stop Derrick Henry. I knew going into this game, Derrick Henry was going to record over 100 and some rushing yards. I mean, hell, at the end of the day, he ended up with 212 on 22 carries. But as crazy as this might sound, I actually think the Texans did okay at defending Derrick Henry. And what killed them is when they gave up that 94-yard touchdown run that Derrick Henry had. If you take away that play, you're looking at a situation where the Texans would have held Derrick Henry to 118 rushing yards. However, if you take that touchdown away, that means the Texans not only come out victorious, but that stopped them from going into overtime. You possibly could have looked at a situation where Derrick Henry only recorded 108 yards on the ground because he recorded 10 in overtime. But once again, I put this loss on the Texans secondary. Once again, they gave up too many big plays that hurt them in the long run. I counted, and I got to go back and see the exact number, but I counted that they gave up at least seven plays where Tannehill threw 15 or more yards. That's too much. Once again, you knew going into this game that the Tennessee Titans were going to run the ball. They have arguably, if not the best running back in the game today. You knew they was going to run the ball. The Texans secondary should have did everything possible to make sure that they do not get beat through the air. It's almost like when a team come to Houston to play against the Rockets and you know James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they're going to do their thing. They're going to drop 30 and 40 points. But what you're not going to do is allow the other players to beat you. And that's basically what happened in this game. The Titans recorded 338 yards through the air and the thing that really makes me mad, I know a lot of people talking about, you know, Derrick Henry's 94-yard touchdown play. I'm not blaming that play for the reason why the Texans actually lost this game because they scored twice and was in the position late in the fourth quarter to win the game after that. Look at what the Texans secondary gave up on the final drive that where the Tennessee Titans actually scored to send this game into overtime. Ryan Tannehill looked at like Drew Brees and Tom Brady combined in one. He went, what, 8 for 9, 9 for 10 in that final drive? They gave up too many big plays. It's totally unacceptable. Too many blown coverages. Once again, they gave up 338 yards through the air. You're not going to win like that. If the secondary could have made at least one or two stops on that final drive, Houston would have won this game. 
And that's why I kind of disagree with JJY's statement by him talking about he's taking the blame for this loss. Look, Watt did his thing. He got a strip sack, and the the Texans' run defense, they did all they could. But at the end of the day, this isn't a front seven problem. This is a secondary problem. Everyone knew that the Titans was going to run the ball with Derrick Henry. Why not make sure that they also did not beat this team through the air? And that's exactly what happened. Well, let me intercept. And I want to say this. You know, what what game was that where we talking about where the Texans did a fairly decent job until such and such happened? So let's look at the Baltimore game. And you mentioned it then, and and you're you're mentioning the same thing now. They did a good job until blank point. This team has to play four quarters and in overtime in this case. And that's where they failed to give the consistency, right? And the, d- defensively, before before I talk about the defense, Derrick Henry, you're right, is definitely a top 10 player. But Ryan Tannehill curved this defense up, right? It's impossible to go into a game and expect to win when you're allowing 263 yards. And when I look at this defense, J.J. Watt said after the loss, if we do our job and tackle, we're all right. We didn't do that. So that's never going to win you games. When we do it right, it's all good. Nowhere even close to the realm of enough. So it's extremely frustrating. The worst defensive play might have been allowing a 94 yard run on the final on the first play because Zach Cunningham didn't play his gap and Henry ran right up the a gap those were not dear uh, JJ Watts words those were my words the worst defensive play might have just been allowing Derrick Henry 94 yard run on the first play because Zach Cunningham did not play his gap early in the week J.J. Watt made it an emphasis to play discipline. This team allowed drives of 80 yards, 71 yards, and 85 yards. The Titans were 6 of 10 on third downs. And the most frustrating part is the defense put themselves in positions before the third down situations to win. Third and 7, third and 10, third and 11, all winnable third downs to get off the field and they failed to do so. Thank God for those two missed field goals, right? The Titans were four of five on converting on those third down attempts. That's just not going to cut it. They cannot cover. They cannot tackle. We looked at the possibility of what will happen next year when Houston brings in their new GM and new coach. They want to bring in their own staff. And it was kind of unfair to the guys that got promoted in-house because the guy that did it for you, he's no longer in-house. But Anthony Weaver, and Romeo Cornell, because he is an all-time defensive coach. I want to know what's going on with practice. Zach Cunningham does not look like the Zach Cunningham before he got his money. He does not. Justin Reed does not look like the player that throughout the entire offseason, people were putting his name and adding, if we add somebody else next to Justin Reed, now it looks like Justin Reed needs to be added to somebody else for this secondary. Uh, outside of Bradley Roby, who created the first interception of the of the year, uh, and shout out to Bradley Roby, this, the, the secondary was terrible. 
like I said, the team can't cover. The communication between one another is atrocious. If I want to look at the uh, Lonnie Johnson getting caught focusing on that Titans tight end and not playing deep to help Phillip Gaines, who should have never been on the field in the first place, on that Humphreys touchdown. Somebody please, please tell me why Brandon Dunn was dropping back in coverage in a winnable game in overtime on second and eight. That's just bad coaching. So overall, when we look at this defense, the real question is, are there some overrated names, right? And is the coaching really responsible for the output? Because there's no way in a winnable game that I'm dropping Brandon Dunn back in coverage. And that allowed the Derrick Henry I think that was 30 yards that Ryan Tannehill was able to dump off to him out in the flats. He was able to, uh, he was wide open, by the way. He was able to go ahead and run about 25, 30 yards. I can't remember the exact uh, yard, but in that overtime, you know what Tennessee did? Nobody touched the ball, but the running backs, nobody. And, And ultimately the defense that this team, the product that this team is putting out defensively, it's laughable. And lastly, what I want to say is I mentioned earlier how the Texans allow over 500 yards of total offense, 31 first downs. The Titans had 80 yards, 71 yards, and 85 yards um, drives. I also want to add that the Texans allow 9.7 yards per, carries, per, per carry on 27 attempts yesterday as well. That's just not going to cut it. And like Romeo Cornell put it, he spoke about it in the press conference, it's demoralizing to allow a 94-yard play touchdown on one play. It's demoralizing. It's demoralizing to see what's being put out there, especially considering what Deshaun Watson did yesterday. My goodness, he had a phenomenal game. Phenomenal game just to be let down like you like he was let down against the New Orleans Saints last year in the first game of the year. Just to be let down by this defense outside of J.J. Watt, who had a great game yesterday. And shout out to Bradley Roby, just just to be let down once again. Well, John, you're talking about a game that happened over a year ago against the New Orleans Saints. But to be honest with you, you really don't have to go that far back to see when the last time the Texans defense, well, the secondary disappointed Deshaun Watson in the offense. All you have to do is go back, what, two, possibly three weeks ago, look at the game against the Minnesota Vikings. That was a winnable game. In the second half, Deshaun Watson and the offense got things clicking, but the defense, mainly the secondary, let this team and Deshaun Watson down again. I just feel like we're we're having the same conversation every week about this defense. We, We were highlight one guy who did a very good job. And more times than not, it's been J.J. Watt. Or P.J. Hall. And P.J. Hall got blew up bad yesterday on one of those big runs. I mean, a a nice pancake with syrup on the side. Uh, But we highlight a guy or two that's been doing – that did a good job in that game. But then it always comes back down to two things. Can't cover, can't tackle. Six games into the season. Cannot cover, cannot tackle. Can't cover, can't tackle. So what I'm getting at is – can't play defense in the National Football League. You allow 263 yards, two touchdowns, 212 coming from one guy. You have allowed 200 yards in, in games before this year. 
because you're not wrapping up, taking bad angles, not getting low enough, bad, bad pad level. And again, at some point, I want to say, I want to see Jonathan Gennard play football. And I want to see what John Reed can do because Philip Gaines should not be on the field in crucial games like this. And what are we expecting out of Lonnie Johnson moving forward? That's the question that I want to have for another day, but what are we expecting? I'm not really sure anymore. And I mean, he has all the physical gifts. He does. Um, And I wanted to see him at safety, but what's going on at practice throughout the week? That's just not translating over. So that's that's where I'm at right now. I want to talk about the offense, though. The offense did an amazing job on Sunday, trying to keep it, trying to keep this team uh, in the game so much so that they came back and 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 outscored Tennessee up until a certain point, twenty to eight in that second half to give them the lead. Deshaun Watson was phenomenal. On the other side, when we come back, we're going to talk about what the offense did and how all along it was Bill O'Brien who was holding this team back offensively. I told you guys about Bill Bar, how great Bill Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets right you can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat the bars are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber and great for a keto diet and here's another thing bill bar is doing for their customers right now you get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last which is only for a few weeks or so 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 go ahead and hop on that right now go to billboard.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order Again, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. John, as you switch over to the offense, man, I, I have to ask this question, and I want your honest opinion. The lack of the run game, do you think it's the run blocking, or is David Johnson just not that good? I'm going with David Johnson. Thank you. I'm going with David Johnson because we are seeing Titus Howard, and by the way, um, whenever David Johnson runs towards Titus Howard's side, the right tackle side, uh, yesterday he had three attempts for 22 yards, six attempts for 10 yards going up between the center and guard uh, on the right side, seven attempts for 13 yards uh, going up against the center and guard on the left side, and then three attempts for 12 yards going on Lamry Tunsil side. So uh, we're seeing Titus Howard have a phenomenal year, especially with run blocking. He had a phenomenal day against Jadavion Clowney, really, you know, canceled him out, which hasn't been hard through six games uh, for this season so far. Jadavion Clowney really has not been a, a, a factor uh, when you look at what he's been doing on the field and in numbers off the field. Titus Howard has been having a great season so far in his second year. Larry Tunsil has been balling. Uh, Zach Fulton needs to go at some point. They will have to explore bringing in another guard, but um, he's been serviceable enough to where collectively as a unit, this, this team up front with the big guys up front, they're doing a good job. Um, and I just think it's not David Johnson. 
He's not for this team, uh, how he's being utilized. He's trying to find his way, find his rhythm. Um, but ultimately, I, I still put it on a little bit. I, I give a percentage of what's going on with him and his effectiveness on not being able to scheme the runs better, a little bit better. But I definitely think Duke Johnson needs more than two or three carries per game. I, I think if you're going to continue to utilize David Johnson, uh, split carries, uh, allow teams to have a difficult time of deciphering uh, how they want to play a running back, your running group. Because if you if you have a nice one-two punch, like we saw out of Carlos Hyde and, and Duke Johnson last year, split carries and make it harder for teams to kind of game plan for your running backs and your running group. But if you that's if you're going to continue to go with David Johnson. I personally think that at some point they need to explore Duke Johnson getting the start at running back. I do agree with you. I do think that they do need to start exploring options to where Duke Johnson starts at running back. But, John, at the end of the day, I think they should just do away with the run game as much as possible. And I know you touched on the Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson situation that we had last year, but that only worked because Carlos Hyde is a better player than David Johnson at this stage of his career. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Now, what I like from the offense is something that I've been dying to see. And it basically proved my point that, like you mentioned, Bill O'Brien was the reason that we saw this offense like have some kind of stranglehold. We didn't we wasn't able to see the full possibility of what this offense could be. And that's the versatility. Last week, we saw Brandon Cooks had a phenomenal game. This week, it was Will Fuller recording over 100 and some yards. Darren Fells did his thing. You also had Brandon Cooks, who still had a pretty solid game. And Randall Cobbs, his, his numbers didn't pop out at you, but he made plays when the Texans needed him to make plays. So going back to last week, the versatility that we have seen is what I love, and I hope we continue seeing it. But, John, at the end of the day, they're going to have to do something about this run game. I don't know if they – have a p opportunity to pick up a, a new running back and try to run a, a triple running back in the backfield. I don't know, but they need to do something because David Johnson is not getting it done. Either they find a new running back or they just need to cut the run game out of their offensive playbook as much as possible. Absolutely. I mean, Deshaun went out there, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, only two sacks, QBR of 93.1. Uh, quarterback rating of 138.9, 335 yards, and was able to do a lot of things. But what I loved the most was Will Fuller had six catches. Darren Fells had six catches. Brandon Cooks had nine catches. You were able to spread the ball out. And then we know that Randall Cobb had three catches for 17 yards, but he also had a touchdown, which was very uh, clutch. Everything that, that Deshaun Watson did in yesterday's game was what we had been wanting for a long time now. And, and if we look at the last two weeks, the last two games with no Bill O'Brien, there is no question how talented this man is. There is no question how far he can take this team offensively. There isn't. And Will Fuller has been looking like a wide receiver one right now. And I like that because remember, we picked up his fifth year option. And the question, especially after the DeAndre Hopkins trade was, will he be able to fill in the blank? 
right? Because it was a cu couple of blanks. Stay healthy, that was a blank. Uh, be able to be a, a true wide receiver number one, that was a blank. He, he added on weight throughout this offseason. He looks good. Brandon Cooks looks good. And the chemistry between those two is building week in and week out. And I really love the veteran presence of Randall Cobb. What he is bringing to this team is phenomenal. And, and shout out to Darren Fells. It looked unusable for a couple games. Just like, he, you know, like, why are you here? Why do we sign you? But with the absence of Jordan Aikens, he looked great yesterday. And I think this, the biggest statement of this game was just Romeo Cornell, Tim Kelly, and everybody having the faith in Deshaun Watson to make the plays. And, and what am I talking about? The Texans were four of four on fourth downs. That means, for one, you trust that you need to score, and they did. This was a very important game. A lot of implications. It would imply, if you won the game, that you are still alive to make the playoffs. It would imply that uh, this team really believes in who they have right now as the interim head coach, and they do, and they do, regardless of how the outcome was. They believe in, in, in Romeo Cornell, but they needed that win still. But it implies that they trust Deshaun Watson to be himself, to play free, to play like the guy that they traded up for. And four for four and four now, that speaks volumes. Uh, and ultimately, overall, they know that live or die has to be with Deshaun and Deshaun only. And that reason alone is the main reason why I believe Romeo Cannell and Tim Kelly did the right thing trying to go for that two-point conversion putting the ball in Deshaun Watson's hands. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans only on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Remember, you can find the Locked On Podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms. That's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. My last message for the listeners out there is 601 yards allowed, 31 first downs allowed, three drives of 80, 71, and 85 yards for touchdowns. It's just not going to cut it. And so ask yourself the question that you want to ask. Ask us, as a matter of fact, tweet us as well. But is there a lack of talent? Mm. Is there a lack of coaching? Mm. Whatever it is, it's a lack of something, and it's resulting to not being able to win games and close out. Until tomorrow, peace, guys. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.